You're listening to Discover Hope with Pastor Tom Leake of Hope Bible Church in Columbia, Maryland. We serve God first. He comes first. He comes before our families. He comes before our country. Jesus Christ is to be the greatest love in our life. And if we start getting shy, we start getting cowardly, and we don't speak the word of God, we're falling right into the hands of those that are trying to intimidate the church. May it never be. We must believe in the reward of Jesus Christ. We must believe in the vengeance of Jesus Christ against the enemies of God. This is the time, as I said, not for cowards, but for those who will be dauntless for Christ. The third and last helpful nugget to persevere and give credit to God's faithfulness throughout this life is explained today by Pastor Tom. You and I have been given many examples of what and how people organize their life in a manner that testified Jesus' promise of return. Why not do what they did? It'd be like having a study guide of incorporating those godly characteristics, patience, no grumbling, into our lives. He is first. Everything else should come second. Let's be bold together. Now, here's Pastor Tom in the book of James chapter 5 as he continues his message, The Second Coming of Christ Inspires Christian Endurance. I've got some really good examples to give to you. And James writes, I want you to think about the prophets. The prophets. See, now, I said all of that because I know that some of you don't wake up in the morning saying, I want to be like the prophets. (laughs) But you should. You should. They should be your heroes. They're the heroes of the faith, the prophets. They should be the ones you want to live like. Why? Because of what they went through. And what happened to them when they came out the other side? You see someone go into a dark cave, you want to know what? How do you get out? So life has dark caves. And you want to know, how do we get through this? How do we get out? Prophets' lives tell you. They're the example. They endured unrighteous suffering well with great patience. Those are the two things that go together. Suffering, patience. Suffering through the pain, through the loss, through the misery, through the mistreatment, and still they are patiently strong, enduring. What an example. You'll learn through life, if you haven't already, that those kinds of examples are the best. People can be giddy and happy, but those who face the toughest things in life and their faith goes through like that, they're the ones I want to look at and say, that's, that is who I want to be like. It's my hero. Kind of patience that has the ability not to retaliate against foolish people. And they are foolish. We're not supposed to act like they're not foolish. They're acting foolishly. We know that. They don't have wisdom. And their lack of wisdom is hurting good people. and It's going to hurt them more. They think they're doing right, they're doing wrong. They don't understand truth. They don't even understand love. They do it in the name of love, they don't even understand love. And we're going to suffer because of that, but we're not going to retaliate. We're going to wait until the Lord comes because His retaliation will be far greater than anything we would do anyways. His execution of justice will be even-handed. So we need to watch these examples. Really, there's two examples. The first one is the prophets. Let's take a look at the prophets. Let's think about them. He doesn't name which prophets. He just says the prophets. But we can take this as a general truth, that if a man was a prophet, and here he's probably mostly talking about the Old Testament prophets, but New Testament prophets as well. If a man was a prophet, he was doing what? He was speaking the Word of God. Often he's predicting the future, but he's speaking the Word of God. 
And as he proclaimed the word of God, people didn't like that because some of those messages from God had to be against those that were proud and those that were lofty and those that were in power and those messages came against them. On Wednesday nights, we're learning from the book of Revelation about John the Apostle who had to endure exile, it says, because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. He was an apostle. He was also a prophet. He was exiled to Patmos, a small island in the Mediterranean, and probably forced to work hard there in his old age. What was his offense against Rome, speaking the gospel of Jesus? Why would anyone be exiled for that? He's one prophet who suffered. Here the prophets are said to have spoken in the name of the Lord. So what does that mean? As they spoke in the name of the Lord, their message was not liked. The people did not think that that was a very positive message. By the way, that's what everybody says today, right? That's why churches are saying less and less and less about the judgment of God, right, against sin, and more and more and more about how happy you can be and live an abundant and rich life now because people want to hear that, and they pay money to hear that, and they support churches that do that. But here, the true prophets of God speak the hard truths as well as the encouraging truths, and people don't like that. And as they spoke in the name of the Lord, they were persecuted. They suffered. Well, we're trying to preach the Word of God too here, right? And if we keep doing that, we're going to run into problems. And you're going to be tested as to whether or not you just like hearing sermons or whether or not you really support the Word of God. We do that. We preach the full Word of God, the whole counsel of God, as it says in Scripture. We've resolved not to keep our mouths quiet. We've resolved to keep preaching the truth of God. And your witness and your support out there in the world and in here is very important. You have to take a stand with the Word of God, just as the prophets took a stand for the Word of God. You sit there and think that you won't be in any trouble. It's only the person standing here that's going to be in trouble, but you support this, right? You come in and you support this. You pray for this. You give money for this. You, you spread the Word for this. You get involved in ministries to make sure the Word of God is spread. This is part of you as well. We've determined we will not keep our mouths quiet, and because of that, we're going to suffer. But don't feel sorry for those who suffer for the Word of God. If you're beginning to feel sorry for yourself, don't feel sorry. Notice next what it says. We count those, what? Blessed who endured. Blessed, not a slap-happy kind of thing. That's too weak of a translation, happy. More of a well-being is the idea. We count those to have wholeness and soundness and blessed of the Lord who endured. We're going to be taken care of by God. That's why we're blessed. We're going to inherit greatness. That's why we're blessed. James has in mind what he wrote earlier back in chapter 1, verse 12. If you want to take a quick look at that in chapter 1, it's a long time ago we went over there, but this verse kind of ties with the one we had back there. Verse 12 of chapter 1, blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. That was really a whole life of trials he's talking about there. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. That's blessing. Blessed are those who endure trial. Enduring means what? Enduring means you don't just sit there and you live. You don't just sit there like a bump on a log. You sit there and you don't change the message. You don't quiet down. You don't retreat. You keep speaking truth at work, in society, in church, everywhere. You do it wisely, but you do it. And as you do, you continue to believe in the Lord's vindication when He comes. Like those apostles in Acts chapter 5 who were called into the 
Sanhedrin's office and they were told not to speak anymore in the name of the Lord Jesus in Jerusalem. It was bothering the leaders and they said, we have to obey God and not men. And so they were going to be killed, but then at, at the advice of one of them, they were flogged. And as they were flogged, when they left, the apostles weren't saying, woe is me, we're suffering so hard for Jesus, look at us. They actually, it says, they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. Carthur writes, God's blessing does not come to people who do great things, but to people who endure. Those who will receive the greatest blessing in the life to come are those who have endured the greatest suffering in the present world, end quote. The prophets of God were upheld in faith by God. God's grace came to them when they suffered. Sometimes you think, I could never endure that. You don't know the grace of God. The prophets did not fall apart under trial because of the grace of God. God sustained their faith. Their joy only grew. Their spiritual life was protected. Even our Lord Jesus Christ, the pattern is in, is in his life. He went to the cross, and you might have said, oh, poor Jesus, look at him there on the cross until the third day, right? And he rose from the dead. One prophet who suffered a lot was Jeremiah. He suffered from the hands of pagan kings and his own people. He was put in stocks, Jeremiah 21 and 2. He was thrown into prison, Jeremiah 32, 2. He was lowered into a miry dungeon, Jeremiah 38. Yet he never stopped preaching the truth. He persisted in ministry. When they threatened him with death for speaking against Jerusalem, it says in Jeremiah 26, 12 and following, then Jeremiah spoke to all the officials and to all the people saying, the Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city all the words that you have heard. Now, therefore, amend your ways and your deeds and obey the voice of the Lord your God, and the Lord will change his mind about the misfortune which he has pronounced against you. But as for me, behold, I am in your hands. Do with me as is good and right in your sight. Only know for certain that if you put me to death, you will bring innocent blood on yourselves and on this city and on its inhabitants. For truly, the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your hearing. That's a man who endured. You get it? He did not back down. He was willing to suffer the consequences, even to death. There are great examples of faith in Hebrews 11, those famous words from 35 and following. It says, women received back their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, not accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. There's a tradition that Isaiah was sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with a sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. These are the godly. Herod put John the Baptist to death for speaking truth. Stephen, the first Christian martyr, was stoned to death. Why? Because he spoke the truth. Daniel 6.16 says Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. Why? For praying to the God of truth. Amos, the true prophet, was scorned and banished by Amaziah, the false prophet, in Amos 7. In 1 Kings 22, Micaiah, the true prophet, was slapped in the face and ridiculed and mistreated for speaking the truth to the king, while all the other false prophets were enjoying the benefit of the king. 
Jesus made this so clear at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Gain strength from the example of the prophets. Be assured God will defend and avenge his prophets and his witnesses. Revelation 16 tells a little bit about that vengeance. Then the third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the water saying, Righteous are you who are and who were, O Holy One, because you judged these things. For they poured out the bloods of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. They deserve it. The righteousness of God. And I heard the altar saying, Yes, O Lord God, the Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Listen, how people treat the prophets of God, the preachers of Scripture today will indicate what God will do with that group of people. You know, I I think that the next step, and it has to happen, as they're promoting homosexuality and every other foolish thing, the next step has to be they want to shut the mouths of the people of God. And when the people of God won't shut their mouths, they'll start persecuting And that will be the last indication God is bringing his judgment on this nation. That's what's happening. We are remembering the fallen on Memorial Day, and we should. Men and women who went to battle, suffered and died to keep our freedoms here. Was it in vain? Are the freedoms now being taken away? The right to speak, the right to worship, to say what we want to by foolish people who think they're doing right? The blood of these people was shed so we would have these freedoms. And now it seems like it's going to be taken away from us. We need to use them, by the way, as much as we can until they are taken away and then beyond. But let me tell you something. Prophets of God died for an even better cause, for it's God more than country. We serve God more than we serve country. We serve God first. He comes first. He comes before our families. He comes before our country. Jesus Christ is to be the greatest love in our life. And if we start getting shy and we start getting cowardly and we don't speak the word of God, we're falling right into the hands of those that are trying to intimidate the church. May it never be. We must believe in the reward of Jesus Christ. We must believe in the vengeance of Jesus Christ against the enemies of God. This is the time, as I said, not for cowards, but for those who will be dauntless for Christ. Well, the second example is Job. And he kind of suffered a little bit differently. Job was that Old Testament righteous, rich man, very rich man. God said, if you considered my servant Job, look how he worships me. And Satan says, ah, you know, Satan's the slanderer. He only worships you because you made his life rich and blessed him in every way. You put a hedge around him. Anybody in a situation would bless you. And then God gave Satan permission to attack him except his life. And he took away his kids. He took away his wealth, took away his health, took away everything. Even Job's friends showed up. They looked like they were doing well for a while. They sat there and commiserated with him. But when they opened their mouths, everything went bad from there. Foolish advice. The patience of Job means his endurance in faith. It doesn't mean he never complained, even against God. Oh, he complained. He even cursed the day of his birth. 
But he maintained his faith in a long and extreme and intense trial where there was no explanation for why we're going through that. Now Job didn't have the book of Job to read. Job, this is how it's going to turn out. Just hang in there. He didn't have that. <laughs> he might not have had any scripture in his day. Job did complain bitterly about the Lord's treatment of him. I've lived righteously. Why this? On top of this. On top of that. But he kept his faith. Initially, he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But then it prolonged, and trials are harder when they're prolonged. At first, you're like, oh, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to endure this trial. But then the trial is a month. The trial is a year, and it gets harder, doesn't it? That's why I like chapter 13 and verse 15 even better. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Despite his trials and his phony friends, he kept clinging to God. He had nowhere else to go, beloved. He believed he was doing the right thing. He believed that God was his life, and he couldn't reconcile living a righteous life and this incredible amount of suffering that obviously came on him with vengeance. How do you put those two together? It wasn't even persecution as far as he could see. It was because it was from the spiritual realm. Satan was persecuting him, you see. But he didn't know that. He couldn't put it together. But beloved, that flame of faith inside of his heart never, ever was extinguished. Yes, he said his complaints. Yes, he said, God, why? But he held on to his faith. You need to listen carefully because you're going to suffer also. How your faith does through the suffering matters. God sustained the light of his faith in his heart. God taught him more about fellowship with himself during that time of loss and pain. Imagine losing all your children, 10. Imagine losing them all, losing your house, sitting there with welts on your body, everyone thinking you'd done something wrong. They've come, the wise men, to tell you how wrong you were, to sit down with you and then to try to lead you to repentance. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't know anything that you did that was wrong. Big anyways. But God taught him more about fellowship with him. His words in Job 42, the last chapter, are pretty important. I have heard of you, he said to God, by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I retract and I repent in dust and ashes. That's what happens when you've been thrust down near to death. You feel your whole body failing. Your reason for living is being taken away from you. Saints with faith don't fall apart. They sometimes cry. They sometimes moan. And by the way, don't tell them not to moan. Commiserate with them. And they keep believing. And sometimes you have to kind of hold up their faith for them and help them out a little bit. We get closer to God. We get more staying power through the trial. He reveals himself to us through the trial. Pastor R. Kent Hughes says, without our trials, we would be morally dwarfed. Well, we know the end of the story. God restored Job's fortune, did he not? Job 42.10, the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends, and the Lord increased all that Job had twofold. Double. Does that mean he had 20 kids? <laughs> he had a lot of riches. That doesn't mean we're going to get riches in this life. 
But I think that if you're thinking, man, Job had it good. He got double what he had before, and he was already a rich guy. He tried to calculate that. He must have made, maybe he was like, you know, like a billionaire or something, you know. You're going to live like billionaires in the kingdom. You are. You know, Donald Trump doesn't have anything on you. You're going to live like kings and queens in the kingdom. You are. It's the promise of God. That's where your hope has to be, you see. That's what happened to him. That's the outcome, the end, literally, of his dealings with Job. And all of that, by the way, Job got elevated as an example for us. You know, we would never have heard the name Job. Who would have ever heard of Job? Who's Job? We would never have heard of him if he hadn't suffered and endured. Now he's like the example of suffering. Isn't that what God told us, Romans 8, 28 and following? We know that God causes all things to work together for what? For good. To those who love God. Do you love God? It's for those who love God. To those who are called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son, that He, Christ, might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom He predestined, these He also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also, what? Past tense, as if it's done already. It's a done deal. You're, glor you're going to be glorified. Our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Oh, man, he's going to speak, and my body's going to become like Superman, Aquaman, Batman. I don't know which man. Glorified body man. Like Jesus Christ's body itself in glory. Wow. Wow. Me, you. This is worth waiting for, beloved. That's what it means the Lord is compassionate and gracious. Who are we to receive any of this? The Lord is abundant with mercy. He's replete with His compassion. He's bountiful in loving kindness. It just doesn't look like it sometimes with the circumstances, and you have to look beyond the circumstances. God cares for you. So cast all your burdens on Him because what? He cares for you, 1 Peter 5. The Lord has been that way with others in the past. The Lord will be that way with you. Blessed be the name of our compassionate and gracious and merciful God. Amen? Amen. Forgive us, Father, for our weakness of faith, for our forming our theology about you only from the eyes in our head, from what we see transpiring in our lives and in the ones we love and in our health and our lack of having money. Lord, remind us that being wealthy in this age is not an advantage, that you're concerned with our conformity to Christ, that you want to humble us and show us yourself, and then you can use us, and then we glorify you, and then we're more compassionate and loving towards other people like you, and more loving and enduring in our faith, and we can go through the thick and the thin and the ridicules and still come out the other side and know, oh, the Lord was going to bless our lives. Father, help us with our faith. Deepen the faith of your people here at Hope Bible Church for what we will face in the future. Enliven their ministry. Deepen their giving. 
Help them want to promote the gospel in this perfect time for the gospel when life is so uncertain. What a wonderful opportunity you've laid before our church, God. Help us to rise up and grab hold of it by faith in the coming of Christ and all of his glory and riches and the joy we will have in his presence. And we look forward to seeing you, Lord. And now we see you through the eyes of faith and through the word. We look forward to seeing you, Lord. We look forward to your coming. We pray, Maranatha. Amen. The most important things in life usually come first. With that being said, if you believe that the Lord will return to make all things right, are you living it? Are you persevering through your hardships? If you don't know how, or just unsure how to navigate a situation, turn to the Bible, which provides many examples of godly men and women who lived in that faith. Pastor Tom reminded you of all that and more today. With sad yet hope-filled hearts, we want to let you know that Pastor Tom Leak, the voice you've been listening to today, has gone home to be with Jesus. Pastor Tom served the Lord faithfully here on earth for 24 years, pastoring thousands and helping to create a network of like-minded churches in the Mid-Atlantic region. He shared the gospel unashamedly, shining light into this dark world. Pastor Tom will be missed, but we rejoice that he is healed and with his Savior. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Tom and his legacy, visit hopebible.org. Now, here's a preview of the next edition of Discover Hope. Layer after layer after layer of lies. In our homes, our businesses, our extracurricular activities, Pastor Tom will describe the nature of all men, women, boys, and girls as being sinful, as doing wrong. But there's hope for those of us who have accepted Jesus as our Savior, so make sure to tune in next time. We're given a checklist of things to help us be honest. Folks, this is so important in a world that says it doesn't matter. Not really. To listen again to today's message in the book of James, visit HopeBibleChurch.org and look under the Sermons tab. Pastor Tom will return soon with another in-depth study of God's Word, so join us again right here on Discover Hope.